Thanks to Health IQ for supporting today's market foolery. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com/fool to take the proprietary Health IQ quiz and potentially save up to 41% on premiums. And if Health IQ was the only sponsor, that'd be good enough. But today's episode is also brought to you by Grammarly, a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to Grammarly.com and get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. It's Thursday, January 23rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me in studio, Mr. Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We've got some earnings. Earnings starting to heat up. We've got some airlines. We've got some consumer goods. We're going to start with uh, one of your favorite companies because it's it's based in your home country of Philadelphia, Comcast. Uh, fourth quarter profits and revenue for Comcast came in higher than expected. Um, you know, and if it, if it was just that, that'd probably be great. But it was it was mixed in the sense that broadband is growing for Comcast, but cord cutting is also growing. Uh, the number of people just cutting the cord on on Comcast television services. That's on the rise. Yeah, that's on the rise. And okay, the stock's off a little bit today, but it's up about forty percent over the last year. So, some pretty high expectations embedded into you know the current operations for the company. And if it had no response to the cord cutting, that would be a bigger problem. It is a problem. It's losing. I think this is the eleventh consecutive quarter where it's lost pay TV customers. And it's got Peacock coming out, uh, the NBC branded, uh, you know, uh, service that's going to compete with Disney Plus and Apple Plus and the five other things that uh, that you can name. And so it's uh, got a competitor a little bit late, not too late in the game. What do you think about it? I think it's interesting that Comcast, with their Peacock video streaming service, they are making the very clear decision: we are not going to be spending a ton of money on this. We are not going to be spending a lot on original content. We're going the so from an economic standpoint, I think if you're a Comcast shareholder, maybe maybe you feel pretty good about this because it's not like they are. I was going to say Netflix, but really it's Apple. I mean, if you look at the numbers that Apple is spending per episode, reportedly on their shows, I mean, it's Apple. They have all the money in the world. They can do that. But you know, for for the profits that Comcast generates, I think it's an interesting and and probably at least out of the gate a smart decision by Brian Roberts and his brain trust at Comcast to go this route. Probably smart. I mean, you'd uh, make a lot of money betting on his moves being smart ones, uh, or you have over the last couple of decades. Uh, and I think that uh, you know an indication of the degree to which they are doing this on the cheap, which I think is kind of how you framed it. I would say bit. not on the cheap, but certainly not to their faces. You're not framing it that way, but that's what I heard from you. Sure, let's go with that. Uh, is the fact that one of the sort of premier new offerings that you're going to be able to get on this service is a reboot of Saved by the Bell, which I think, to me, underlines doing it on the cheap. <laughs> you're saying it's not, it's not the reports of um, you know Apple saying we're going to spend 15 million dollars per episode on this Jason Momoa 
futuristic show or Picard or right. you know the uh, the Mandalorian or something like that. Saved by the Bell one assumes less in space than these other things, so therefore a little easier to uh, you know spend only ten fifteen bucks per episode. Absolutely. And let's not forget that they have, uh, you know, Comcast owns NBC and all the NBC properties. They've got the Olympics uh, coming this summer, uh, so they will probably be using Peacock to uh, serve up summer Olympic content. I'm assuming, and they will probably be promoting the hell out of Peacock on their television network during the Summer Olympics. Yeah, I think that's all pretty accurate. And so, uh, in the meantime, uh, internet use is growing, high high speed uh, broadband sales uh, and uh, installation, that sort of thing. They're uh, making up more than making up for the lost uh, pay TV subscribers with increased internet. And over time, it looks like it'll be the the larger chunk of their revenues. Let's move on to the airlines. We've got three airlines that came out with fourth quarter results. Uh, JetBlue's uh, profits and revenues uh, came in higher than expected. Different story for uh, Amazon and Southwest, just because those two airlines have the 737 MAX, which is grounded. Uh, So, Southwest's profits were down more than 20% in the fourth quarter because of the 737 MAX. And uh, American, you know, their profits were up, I would say, despite having the 737 MAX. Yeah, I was going to say this is going to be correction week because the first time through you said Amazon rather than American. Did uh, I? Yeah, well, we'll edit that out. You know what? I'm not going to get any email from uh, people at American Airlines or Amazon. I don't think, in the way that I did, I clearly offended the people in Sweden uh, for saying that Davos was in Sweden. So, and uh, but you didn't offend the Swiss. I don't know if we have dozens of listeners in Switzerland like we do in Sweden. I I would think that Sweden wouldn't be offended by that. They'd be offended by your. Our generic American lack of knowledge of basically everything outside of America. Yeah, that's probably it. So, on behalf of Switzerland, perhaps they were offended. Exactly. And rising to Switzerland's honor. Yes. All part of the European Union or not. Who can remember who's part of uh, that this week? Can we get back to the airlines? Yes, we can. Uh, not uh, okay. So the difference between. By the way, Amazon doesn't have an airline yet. Right, and I was going to say because people may have listened to that and thought I haven't been following. Do they have? You know, are they taking over airlines too? They've got a pretty big logistics. Look, we you talk about Amazon five days a week, right? Four, three. Let's not talk about it today, despite your attempts to do so. American Airlines different from Amazon. Uh, despite what you may have heard earlier in the day, JetBlue doing a little better. In part, this is because they don't have exposure to the the uh, Boeing Max problem. Uh, Southwest really has large exposure to that. That's mostly uh, you know known and embedded and built into the expectations of today's numbers, but still. Uh, I think off a little bit, um, and JetBlue seemingly doing a little better, uh, doing well with their cost-cutting operations, which is what they highlighted in, in their report. Yeah, and I don't own JetBlue, but I'm I always like to see. Just as someone who is generally a <laughs> fan of business, I like to see companies come out and say, "This is our plan. This is how long it's going to take," and then at the end of that time frame. They actually hold themselves accountable and say, "Okay, this is what we did." You know, and in JetBlue's case, it's a three-year cost-cutting plan that they executed, and uh, and it's paying off for them and their shareholders, literally. Um, 
can we go to Boeing for a second? Because Dave Calhoun has been the CEO of Boeing for about I'm I'm in a ballpark two or three weeks. Let's call it a month. Um, and he he came out on Wednesday, um, and was I think trying to be very uh, optimistic and even bullish about. Boeing, as any CEO would want to be bullish about their company, um, but he said something, and I'm, I don't know if you heard this, but I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this because he talked specifically about Boeing's dividend, and he said, "We're not cutting the dividend unless something dramatic changes," and I feel like that's a mistake to say out loud <laughs> <laughs> and for publication because when companies cut their dividend. They are given the opportunity to share with the investing public why they're cutting the dividend. Dave Calhoun has now just basically removed any interpretation we as investors get to make. He's already said, oh, if we cut the dividend in six months, which by the way is completely plausible as they continue to have troubles with the 737 MAX. And so if they come out and cut the dividend even just a little bit, everyone rightfully is going to point back to this comment and be like wow <laughs> i guess something dramatic changed huh uh possibly he's, he's look it, it it certainly he's inherited a very difficult situation and he's being well paid to inherit this, this situation and you know and the nice thing is he's got an easy act to follow yes so that's always a plus uh yes and he's being well paid and even if he uh, fails at the job he'll be well paid to leave because those are the rules of that game and i think that uh yeah if, if you know if somebody missteps on on part like part of a sentence early on in their job uh, i'll Note it and uh, you know weigh it accordingly, uh, but I think one interpretation is it's it's safe. We can never be sure that there won't be something dramatic. We're not even uh, calling what has happened so far dramatic from the perspective of a dividend cut. Uh, we're not you know trying to belittle the the consequences of it, but vis a vis a dividend, it's not dramatic enough. Now. We can't control everything that's going to happen in the future, and they can't. And so, airlines are pretty poor, poor performing stocks over the long term. Uh, that's really still been the case, um, although they've gotten a little bit better um, over the last five years. Airlines as a whole have only returned one and a half percent. Markets returned uh, about twelve percent. So, pretty bad last three and five years for these things. Uh, and it is largely attributable to the fact that it is not only a heavily regulated industry, but for the most part, one which people are not complaining about too many regulations, especially in light of something like the 737 MAX. That people look at that, and I think today there was a report from the Department of Transportation defending their work and saying, look, we, we sort of, we didn't, we didn't drop the ball here, but We've got 32 recommendations to ourselves about ways to improve this oversight. So, you know, the outcome of this is contrary to much of the rest of the, this administration's um, work on regulations, which is to find all of them, hunt them down, and kill them if possible, not to do so in the, in the airline um, industry. So, uh, that 
inherently affects your profitability. And all three of these stocks are, you know, getting getting the job done as businesses, but really not keeping up with the rest of the market. All right, we'll get to consumer goods earnings in just a second. But quick uh, shout out to Grammarly. Grammarly is a writing assistant that makes you look and sound smarter, whether you're at school, at work, or on the go. Their free version can be downloaded by anyone on their computer and phone. It reviews critical spelling and grammar, but Grammarly's premium service gives you more advanced help. It looks at advanced punctuation, style, structure, vocabulary, tone, readability for different occasions whether you're working on your resume or doing a business proposal or writing an essay for school. Um, it's so easy to use. I've been using it. And uh, I just wish there were a verbal version to allow me to correct things like saying Amazon has an airline instead of American. But maybe that's version, you know, maybe that's coming in 2022, somewhere down the line from the good people at Grammarly. When there's like a Chris Hill bot that can just do this show. God, we're all rooting for that. <laughs> we're all rooting for that. Uh, you can go to grammarly.com slash fool and get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's grammarly.com slash fool for 20% off your premium Grammarly account. Thanks also to Health IQ. If you're a runner or a cyclist, or you're like Bill Barker, you're into CrossFit, you're one of those type of athletes, or if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you deserve to be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates. Health IQ can save you up to 41% because physically active people have significantly lower risk for heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. But these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. You're not going to find them anywhere else, and you must qualify to get a special rate. So, to see if you qualify, that's easy. Just go to healthiq.com fool, take the proprietary Health IQ quiz, and depending on your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that's healthiq.com slash fool. Procter & Gamble out with second quarter results. Revenue was lower than expected, and Procter & Gamble is obviously a very big consumer goods company with a lot of different business lines. Um, one thing I noted was, um, and they called this out, the, uh, the, the global birth rate. Which is slowing down, and when you're in the business of selling diapers, then um, you're just going to sell fewer diapers. When the when the global birth rate, particularly in places like the United States and China, starts to slow down, uh, yeah. And I hadn't been following China's birth rate, but that's been a problem. I had thought that that was already kept artificially low, uh, but uh, apparently it's trailing even more. Uh, so. Being the size market that it is for Procter and Gamble uh, and uh, the competitors, uh, Kimberly Clark as well, I think talked about uh, you know mid single digits off on uh, on diaper use, and I think that they're also of course uh, susceptible to increased and improved generics or, or white label. Do you think a little bit of the drop that we're seeing in Procter and Gamble stock today has to do with the fact that over the past year? This stock's up thirty percent. That's that's yes. That's kind of a crazy good year for a stock like Procter and Gamble. Yeah, I've got it up forty-two percent over the last one year. So last year is you know it was it was already up a little bit this year, but forty-two percent year. Okay, for a consumer products company, which is not obviously growing the top line anywhere close to that amount. They've they've. Obviously, it sort of improves some profitability issues, but 
any misstep is going to be an opportunity to take some profits off the table, as the saying goes. And I think that's a little bit of what's happening here, because the outlook for the year as a whole is a pretty good one for a consumer products company. I think they're talking about organic sales were up 5% for for the quarter. And I think the guidance, earnings per share guidance, is high single digits to, to low double digits, which, again, even though Part of that is juiced by a lot of share buybacks, which they're in the middle of. Uh, that's still pretty impressive growth. Do you think there's any chance Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are looking at the results from Procter & Gamble, particularly over the past year, and saying, hey, that Kraft Heinz acquisition, um, that's still not looking good, and um, they don't get to use the excuse that well, it's a bad time for consumer products companies because P and G's getting it done. Yeah, they are getting it done. I imagine they have looked over their work for Kraft Heinz uh, many times and thought, "What? <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> what, have we, what have we done? And how can we never do it again?" We know the mistakes we made, and we wish we hadn't made them, but we did. Uh, thank goodness we've got a lot of. Uh, Things we've done over the years that were not mistakes to make up for that one because it's a pretty big one. Um, so you were pointing out before we started the show that a part of the Kraft Heinz empire of products. You look at the brand portfolio within Kraft Heinz. You've got Planters, Planters Nuts, and within that you've got Mr. Peanut. And in the news, Mr. Peanut very much in the news um, because Mr. Peanut apparently is going to die on Super Bowl Sunday. There's an ad campaign that. The planters, marketing folks have rolled are are going to be rolling out where apparently Mr. Peanut is going to die before the game, and then sometime during the third quarter they're going to have a commercial featuring his funeral. And I, I, I was already planning on watching the Super Bowl, but I'm after initially being annoyed that Mr. Peanut was trending on Twitter over the last 24 hours. The more I read about this, the more I thought, okay, yeah, I. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I'm already a customer. I already think it's a it's a fine product. I spend money on on those peanuts. Yeah. Uh, and here's my question: Has Mr. Peanut already died? Because they've released the commercial where he dies. Well, but only to the internet, right? So is it the fact that he is is he like um, Schrodinger's cat, both dead and not dead yet? Depending on whether you've seen it, depending on whether you've observed the commercial, is he still alive? Uh, I, I'm getting I, metaphysical here. You, you weren't are, expecting me to take it in that direction. I really wasn't. Um, I, I think this is just. Are you expecting me to address this from a business perspective? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I think we've all come to expect at this point when it comes to Super Bowl commercials that this is in the age of YouTube, this is how it goes. It's no longer enough for companies to say, yeah, we've got a Super Bowl ad and we're really excited about it and uh, you'll have to tune in to watch it. Um, they have to tease it out. They have to often release it ahead of time on YouTube, so that then during the game you can be like, "Oh, there's that commercial I watched three days ago on YouTube." Everybody, come in, yeah. watch the thing now on the set that we could watch on YouTube as well. Yeah, and, so. and can for as long as we want. Can you? I mean, this is. A, I know it doesn't look like a professional show, but can you turn your phone off at least and pretend it's a professional show? I'm trying to. <laughs> 
<laughs> if we hadn't already, we've now reached the end of this episode. So, Bill Barker. You'll just edit that part out. No, we're not editing out my Amazon mistake. Let me give you one thing that I learned while you were prattling on about something. Okay, um, great. And that is that when you're talking about mis- mistakenly talking about um, my cross training, which is totally untrue because uh, I only I play racket sports. Yeah, and, but you're you, you. I mean, all all kidding aside, and 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 for anyone still listening, this is the truth. You compete at a national level in your racket sport. Inter- international level, yes. Inter- so, I mean, you, you, you got to be in some kind of shape. If you're in Chicago, come by. I'll be at the U.S. Open in a couple of weeks. But uh, so I was looking at be apropos of this show, mm-hmm. and I know that when people hear the word apropos here, they assume that it's not going to be relevant. And yet, here I go. Brian Roberts, uh, a great squash player, uh, played the Maccabea games a couple of times, uh, the CEO of Comcast. And uh, in looking up, he is in the. Uh, Philadelphia Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, which I did not know. I did not know there was a Philadelphia Jewish Sports Hall of Fame to start with, but I'm now going to spend a little time investigating. So wait, he's a squash player? Yes, he was. I believe he's a squash player at Penn, Uh, and then still plays. Aren't Aren't you and Brian Roberts roughly the same? Is is he a little bit older? I'm just wondering if, in your time at Yale, you you may have competed. No, no, no. He's he's a little bit, little bit older than than me. Okay, he's solidly older than you. He's <laughs> Sports Hall of Fame, though. That's great. Uh, yeah. Well, there's no better way, to, more appropriate way to end this episode than petering out with some random sports tits bit. <laughs> we could talk about peanuts again if you think that's better. No, that would no. just be punishing people. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.